Mixtape Worldwide. Thank you for tuning in to TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. And now... You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. Welcome back to the program. I'm Zev Brenner. Very pleased to have with us on part of our series of who is going to be the next mayor of New York City. And with us right now is Raymond McGuire. He is an American businessman, political candidate. He has worked as an executive in Citigroup, other financial institutions, and he'd like to be mayor of New York City, and he tossed his hat into a crowded Democratic primary. Ray, good evening. Thank you for joining us. Good evening, and thank you for having me. It's great to be with you. Thank you. So let me ask this question. I love asking candidates. It's a crowded field. It's a tough job. Um, you are a successful businessman, so why do you want to go into the dirty world of politics? You know, I love the city. I love the city. It is, uh, I came to the city, I had three things. I had a great education, I had a lot of debt, and I had no money. And the city has been great to me. It's where I met my wife, who was extraordinary, and where we're raising our three kids, Leo, who was eight. Ella, who is 18, and Cole, who is 20, drafted first round into the NBA, and now is a starting point guard for the Orlando Magic. So personally, it's been everything to me, and professionally, it has also been extraordinary to me to give me an opportunity in the world of finance, where I have not only broken down doors, but made certain that I brought others along with me. And so it's a moment in time in this city's history where it needs leadership that meets the moment. So and I am the person who who can do that. So you're looking to be along the lines of a Bloomberg or looking to be something, something more progressive? How, how would you envision uh, your stewardship if you became mayor of the city? You know, I think if I, if I look at where the city has prospered economically and given that we are in an economic crisis, some of the lessons learned from the past administrations, especially under Bloomberg's administration, uh, he was quite effective at bringing this city back. And my plan, which I deem to be the greatest, most inclusive economic comeback plan, is where we revive the city's economy. It's all about the economy. No jobs, no city, no jobs, no economy. So it's all about the economy and creating 500,000 jobs and making certain that this city's best days are ahead of it and not behind it. So I'll take some of the lessons from the past that have been highly effective and apply those lessons in a new world where a new leadership is needed. Certainly, but New York right now is on the decline. Look at Manhattan. Some of the buildings have maybe 40 50% of the occupants have fled for the Hamptons and elsewhere. Stores are shuttered, businesses are shuttered, homelessness are on the street, crime is on the rise. So what? how would you fix that? So listen, we are facing... Four crises. We're facing the crisis of COVID. We're facing the crisis of the economy. We're facing the crisis of religious and racial hatred. And we're facing the crisis of the climate. We need a leadership. We need something different. And we need somebody who is unencumbered, 
uh, who is not in the pockets of some uh, existing constituents. New Yorkers are looking for something different. And so I am not a politician. I bring something very different to this, especially at a moment in time when the city needs leadership in which they can believe and in whom they can trust. I have a proven track record of having done just that. So are we inherently racist in New York? Well, listen, I think racism has been with us quite for quite some time, right? I think we see it now. Many of the incidents that, that uh, have occurred, we've seen these incidents occur over a period of time. And are we racist? I think there are clearly some systemic challenges that I've outlined, which is systemic racism, which you're going to have to address once and for all. And we need to come together. We need somebody who can bring this city together. Because right now we're broke, we're broken, and we're divided. And unless we come together, our best days will be behind us. And I'm not prepared to have that be the case. I'm prepared to lead this city forward. And i got a proven track record that says I can bring the city together. And I have led, I've managed, I have, you know, managed budgets and, that are larger than most state budgets. I built businesses and helped companies grow their businesses out of the depth of the financial crisis. So we, we have a proven track record of having done just that in negotiated transactions and and led teams, built businesses, and created jobs. This is what we're going to need, and bring our city together to address, to address in very bold, visible ways the systemic racism that exists. Well, there is racism, there's anti-Semitism, you have anti-Asian feelings, but I'm not sure if I would classify the city as endemically racist or not. I just think that there are lots of issues, and I think all the talk over the last number of years only made things worse because that's all people are talking about, and... I'm not sure if it's if it really is the case. I think you have good people and bad people, um, but I'm, I'm not sure if, if if we're a racist city. I don't believe so. I don't think we're. I don't. I do not think that we're a racist city. I think there there is evidence of anti-Semitism. There's always been evidence of of anti-black, and now we see. And and, and so when I can remember to combat the racism across the country when Rabbi Heschel, we know the iconic figure between Rabbi Heschel and Martin Luther King Jr., which allowed this country to move forward. We need the same kind of partnership today, the same kind of partnership. And those relationships on which shoulders we all stand is that to which I'm referring. So I would not say that it is endemically racist. I will say they're incidents, and there is a narrative that is a divisive narrative that we need to decry and denounce at every instance that we experience it. Oh, listen, I love I think we should have more alliances between African-American and Jews and Asians. I think that's the key, everybody working together, not just one group individually, but collectively I think we can do a lot more. And I think that's the beauty of New York. We are a mosaic, we, uh, and there are lots of interactions, and I think there should be more interactions. I was curious to know, can you t- describe your relationship with the Jewish community? My relationship with the Jewish community goes back years. Uh, I can fondly remember my one of my first encounters with the Majesty of Jerusalem back all all in nineteen eighty or so. I was in Egypt and I got to the border of of um, the the Israeli Egyptian border in a place called El Arish, and I shrouded from El Arish to Jerusalem, and I stayed for you know ten days plus 
at the United Jewish Theological Seminary. And I can remember Zev being in the middle of, I think it was Ben Yehuda and King David. And they thought I was the great Maccabee basketball player. His <laughs> name is O.C. Perry. And I couldn't tell them that I wasn't. So I've been O.C. Perry, man. It's like it is one of the extraordinary and life-forming uh, moments in my in my life. So, yeah, I've had a long-standing relationship with, uh, with our Jewish uh, brethren and colleagues and long-standing friends, long-standing, lots of battles together, lots of celebrations together. My good friend Charlie Rose says wonderful things about it. He's very active in the Jewish community. He said to me months ago, you got to get Ray on the show. you got to get Ray on the show. So, Charlie, uh, I took your advice. I'm glad that you're joining us tonight. Ray McGuire, businessman running for mayor of New York City. One of the things that we hear about, you know, different parts of the country, including in New York, defund the police, let's shift money away from one from this to something else. I'd like to get your position on that. I am not for defund. I am for restructure, reallocate. The the what you're referencing now, Zev, is a breach of trust between the law enforcement and and the community. So my plan is called respect, accountability, and proportionality. What I intend to do is to, and I'll go down the line because it all comes down to accountability. Part of why we don't have the respect is because many of the serial abusers for whom we pay $200 million a year have not been held accountable. And that results in many things that are that have been not proportionate to, uh, to the incident. And what has been said by many, if the only thing you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And in many instances, it's a sledgehammer. So we have to address that. And I will do that by appointing a deputy mayor for public safety. I will hold chain of command accountable. I will create a emergency social services bureau that can be deployed at the same time or ahead of the police because we have so many incidents now of, of mental health challenges. I will create a um, create much more community policing. As you know, we used to have police athletic leagues in the community, and that is where we built those relationships. And we're we're far away from that today, and so we need to establish that. And I will make certain that um, that we give our our kids summer jobs. I mean, beginning beginning with with focus like this, we can make sure we begin to address many of the challenges that exist. And we need to prevent the number of instances that many in the community interact with the police. That's just not the way this ought to be. The city ought to be run. So my my plan is to address the issues that are outstanding that create such a divide and restore the respect and hold the police accountable. And ultimately, it's going to be me who's held accountable. And I'm going to also make sure that we get the citizens involved, the citizens of the CCRB, by giving them investigative authority. Meaning, rather than take 48 days to review video cam footage, I'm going to give them 48 hours. And so, and I'm going to invest in the mental health organizations like the emergency social services. We have a number of instances, increasing instances, where you know mental health has become a huge challenge. We it's a very big challenge, uh, but I hope so you're not going to invest. In th- hope you're not going to invest in Thrive New York. And and no 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 no. no, no. <laughs> I'm listening. I, I have, I have, Zev, I have been, through the course of my career, been held accountable. We need to have accountability. Our guest is businessman Ray McGuire. He'd like to be mayor of New York City. We're going to be right back. Don't go away. Stay tuned. You're listening to Talk Line. 
follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Talk Line Radio and TV with Zeb Brenner is just phenomenal. Everybody concerned about the Jewish community should listen and watch. He has the best guests. He asks the most interesting questions. He's always so well prepared. It's talk radio and television from a Jewish point of view at its very best. To advertise on the Talkline Network and Talkline's email and social media blasts reaching over 70,000 people, please call 212-769-1925, extension 100. That's 212-769-1925, extension 100. Or email info at talklinenetwork.com. You're listening to Talkline with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. Welcome back to the program, Mom Zev Brenner. Our guest is Ray McGuire, American businessman. He was an executive at Citigroup, and now he'd like to be the chief executive of New York City. He'd like to be mayor of New York. We we need a whole different way of doing things in New York, even though, uh, like, I, I'm, I'm not sure. You see, with the police, the, their police, some of them are just bad to everybody. It's not just any particular group. There could be bad to Jews or whites. They're just some people are good cops and some people are bad. And most of them, are, I think, are pretty good cops. You have a couple of rotten apples, but that they have in any profession. It's not unique just to the police department. It could be in the sanitation or any place. Oh, you hear all kinds of stories. So the question, though, is, though, how do we get New York back on its feet with people of commerce? I'm afraid that a lot of police officers have left the police force because of all the things that have been taking place over the last couple of years, and we can't afford that. We need more cops on the street. We need more community policing, but some of our good cops are leaving or are left. We need better, <clears throat> we need better policing. We need to restore the relationship. The city needs police, but we need better policing. How is your relationship with uh, Governor Cuomo? I'm not sure what's happening there, if how long he's going to be staying on the job, but certainly there was a lot of feuding between him and the New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, which is legendary, which has been going on over a few years. I don't think it helped the New York situation. Listen, it's important to have relationships in Washington, which I do, having introduced the now vice president, uh, of whom, in whom we're really proud, Kamala Harris to New York. It's important to have relationships with uh, senatorial leadership. We've got constructive relationships with both of the senators here, especially the senior senator. We've got relationships with the congressional leadership, and we have relationships in Albany. So I think those relationships are necessary, especially at this point in time when we're facing all the crises that we're facing. We need to come together. And we need to have leadership that has relationships, which is part of what I bring to this. I develop relationships here, Zev, as I say, knowing the language of the streets to the suites, or as my Latino brothers would say, from the barrio to the boardroom. And that's exactly what we're going to need. I've lived in those worlds. I've never forgotten the experience in either of those worlds. That's who I am. That's my makeup. Well, you're a success story. that's my ability to bring this city together. You're a success story. Well, I'm... Right there, you you grew up, you've accomplished so much, and you worked in the financial markets and uh, investment banking, and you've re- you've really done well for yourself. You've really made a name for yourself and and done some good at the same time. Listen, Jeff, I have been blessed. Right, I I was raised by my single mother, and this has been a walk of faith. My single mother raised me and my two brothers, along with my grandparents. I didn't know my dad. 
and I grew up in the neighborhood. I grew up there across the street from the Howard paper mill in Dayton, Ohio. And sometimes that paper mill used to emit fumes so strong that the only way we could breathe was open the refrigerator door. Oh, wow. And my mother was a social worker. And I know what it's like to overhear her talking about whether or not she's going to pay the gas and electric bill or whether she's going to put uh, food on the table or pay rent or put tithes and offering in the church. I know what that's like. I know through her sacrifices I was able to, uh, in sixth grade, walk three-quarters of a mile to a mile to get to a street corner where the school bus would pick me up as it came from the north of town, which is the Jewish community, going to the south of town where they built the school with the Jewish community and the Protestant community came together. And in the 11th grade there, Zev, I had a 4.0 A average. I had I averaged uh, 28 points per game playing basketball. I was president of the school. And there was an extraordinary person who helped change my life, a Jewish teacher named Robin Melnick, who said, if you're as good as they say you are, go test yourself against the big boys and girls in these. I took a Greyhound bus around New England by myself and found a school in New England. I got there, Zev, and they had these kids with the short sleeve shirts and the alligators cost more than my entire wardrobe. Wow. So this has been, it's been a walk of faith for me. But you know what? I, this is what I want for all of our children in New York City. The opportunity. This is the, the, the so. You want the opportunity, which is this great. This the opportunity. This is all about, it is all about the opportunity. Zev. This is what this is all about. The reason that I'm compelled to do this, that I'm called to do this, is because I've had the opportunity. And I've extended the ladder, and I know what it's like not to have. I want our children, every New Yorker, to have the opportunity to get a great education. That's what this is all about. That's what I want, and every New Yorker to be able to have a job. And can they choose what education? They, or, what, where are you in, your, in private schools, like religious schools? Because in New York there's a great public school system, but also religious parents need relief. Uh, for the course of religious school, Catholics, Jews, Muslims, what's your position on that? I am for I am for the following, Jeff. No child's life should be determined by the zip code in which they were born or grew up. And that today is determined our children's lives. I am for quality education across the board. So whatever is going to deliver the best quality education is that for which I stand across the board. Terrific. I'm great. There. A few moments you have left. New York Times report, there seems to be some sparring between yourself and Eric Adams. What's going on? I don't see that there's any sparring whatsoever. I think that's probably, that's probably somewhat made up in the, you know. Yeah, the, the, the headline of the New York Times, why are these two NYC mayoral candidates on a collision course? That was the headline a number of weeks ago in the New York Times. I, you know, I the, the the one of the things that you learn in my world is the headlines are what they are. You got to look at the substance, which is the only race I'm running is a race to to uh, make the case to New Yorkers that at a moment in time in crisis when the city needs leadership, that I'm the best qualified to do that. This is not somebody. We don't need somebody who's come in with a. I, I'm not part of that club. I'm not. I don't lead by a press release. This is not something I've ever done, and you can't last for as long as I've lasted in the world of finance when there was nobody who looked like me from the outset, at least one or two others at the outmost, and nobody who stayed in the position of leadership for as long as I've done that. That's 13 years. Nobody, I didn't say black, I said nobody, period, in the history of Wall Street has done that. So my, my sole focus here and my sole journey is to speak to New Yorkers about the future 
and how their future is going to be better. And New York City's future is going to be better under my leadership. And this is not a time to have somebody who needs an interpreter to figure out what, what the difference between a balance sheet and income statement is. We need somebody who needs to, who understands how to build businesses, who understands the budget, who understands how to, how to create and develop and maintain relationships to bring the city together. We, we we need a lot of prayer also. Before I let you go, normally speaking, we need, prayer. We need a lot of prayer. Normally speaking, in a, in a normal election, you, know, you go around to different places, and because of COVID, obviously you have to do a lot of campaigning via Zoom. Hopefully things are changing right now. But I always love asking candidates, and it may be unfair because you haven't gone to a lot of events, but is there any particular favorite Jewish food that you would particularly enjoy, especially being on the campaign trail? So again, it's limited over here in your case, or because anybody's case because of COVID, but uh, any, any thoughts uh, that you'd like to share with us, some food for thought? So let me tell you first, let me answer the question here. Um, I have been out. I know it's a COVID world, but exercising COVID protocol, I've met with 20 rabbis or so. I held a roundtable with 75 Jewish donors and supporters, met with leaders of the Hasidic Babov denomination. Uh, Today, I spent a lot of time out in the community. I was at uh, Queen's Passover, Pumpke Shabos of Queen Passover. I then went to the UJO of Williamsburg to go to at the uh, Brooklyn Navy Yard for Passover food distribution. And then I met with Rabbi Indy. Uh, I saw Rabbi Niedermeyer in uh, Williamsburg. I met with Rabbi Indy. And I have today, I can tell you, I also went to the matzah bakery on Rutledge Street. So my favorite food today is matzah. <laughs> good answer. Also a seasonal answer. Ray J. McCormick. That's good. I'm good with that. Yes, yes, yes. And make sure they, they, they have to give me some good filter fish or some other delicacies with that as well. Ray, Ray. I, I have that too, okay? I have that. I'm going to have the grape juice. I'll be good, okay? You'll be good. All right. So, great. We look forward to having you back again. Thank you for joining us. Ray J. McGuire, businessman. He is with, with Citigroup. But he's running for mayor of New York. Thank you for participating in our mayoral discussions. Look forward to having you again. Thank you, Zeb. Thank you, and just I remember in these days of holiness, for me, it's a walk of faith. I got here based on prayer, and I'll go forward based on prayer. So thank you very much, and thank your audience for all they do and the leadership and the courage that they've exhibited over the years, and the relationships that exist are ones that I respect and admire and am deeply grateful for and intend to complete, continue to continue. I stand. I stand proudly with my brethren and sister. Thank you. Thank you, Zeph. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community.